Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a now word, a now word that it was not on my agenda today to speak about, but God has poured into my spirit in the wee hours of the morning, and I heard the tingling in my ears, so I must be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where this channel is all about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus, where truth cannot be compromised for the sake of peace. Let's get into it. So I'm, I'm, I know as you see from the thumbnail, it says the why, that God has a purpose for everything under heaven and in heaven, everywhere, right? But most importantly... We know sometimes the who, we know sometimes the what, sometimes we even know the when, but a lot of times as believers, we don't take the time to really know the why, and the why is vitally important if you're going to understand God's ways, if you're going to understand how uh, the reason for a thing, that God never does anything just to be doing it. He never allows circumstances and situations to pop up just to be popping up, right? Because the Bible says that all things work together for the good of us. Here's it. Here's the thing that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose. So today we're going to be talking about the why. The why. Yes, even social media, God has a purpose. And even for YouTube, God has a purpose. There's a reason for platforms. There's a reason for leadership being influenced, right? The Bible says leadership is influence. God put leaders in place to point people back to him. So let's talk about it today because there's a lot of things that are going on in the believer community or the Christian community, as some people want to call it, right? Um, but we know all people that call themselves Christians is not really a Christian, but we, that's a topic for another day. But what I want to hone in on today and highlight is what God has been highlighting to me regarding the platforms that he's been given our leadership in the body of Christ and the platforms that we speak on, right? And what the Holy Spirit began to minister to me is he began to talk about how everything has a purpose that we're all created uniquely and differently, right? The Bible talks about in Psalms 139 that God created us, right, for his personal pleasure, that he formed us and knitted us together. He knew us before we were born, right? So everybody is uniquely designed and has a purpose. This is why if two of us are the same, then one of us is not necessary, right? And we need to, as believers and as followers of Christ Jesus and citizens of the kingdom of God, we need to begin to follow him, Jesus. We should not let anybody be our model for Christianity that trumps Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Don't let anybody be your model for Christianity that trumps Jesus. No apostle, no prophet, no deliverance minister, no teacher, no bishop, no deacon, no elder, right? No mentor, no uh, panel, okay, of people that we uh, kind of get advice from. Nobody should be your model for Christianity as believers in Christ Jesus that trumps Jesus. Paul said, follow me to Timothy as I follow Christ. So here's the deal. When we are on these platforms that God has given us, as has graced us with, right? We take the low position and we humble ourselves, right? 
And we are always looking for Christ in things, right? Why? Because we don't want to be deceived, because we don't want to walk in delusion, because we don't want to walk in ignorance, right? The Bible says, be not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So anytime you go to a church, an event, a conference, um, an online event, or anytime you're listening to someone speak, speak into your life, you want to see Jesus, you're looking for Jesus. You're not looking for popularity. You're not looking for the personality. You're not looking to be emotionally entangled or tied up with people, right? We're looking for Jesus. And when we look for Jesus, what do we look for? We look for the word of God. The word of God is your standard, right? The word of God is your standard. And then let me just say this. Humility will always be the code. I don't care what title you have. I don't care what platform you're on. I don't care if you have millions of followers. I don't care if you have two followers. Humility will always be the code. And I'm not talking about that stuff we do because the cameras are on us, right? I'm not talking about that stuff we say because we know people are watching. I'm talking about the stuff that we live and teach and preach. And if you saw me on the street, you'll see the same person that you see on the camera. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the character, the fruit. What is character? Character is what you do when nobody's watching. How you act around people when the cameras are not on you. When you think nobody's looking at you. So let's get into this. So let's talk about the why, the purpose, and the plan of God for these platforms, for social media, for TikTok, for Instagram, for Facebook, for um, YouTube, for um um, all these different rumble, all these different platforms that God has allowed us and graced us to be on so that we can be an influence and so that we can bring glory to his name, not to us. So we need to look at the why things happen and why um, situations arise unexpectedly or expectantly. See, the thing about it is when you're walking with the Lord, you can't create your own storm and then get mad when it rains. It doesn't work like that. So sometimes the warfare that we have as believers, we bring on ourselves. We just going to keep it 100 today, 100. The warfare that we sometimes have is sometimes things that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's brought on by ourselves. Why? Because we want to be liked, because we want to fit in, because we want everybody to follow us to like us, right? But you have to know that when you're following God, Paul says, I say this all the time, I repeat this, and I'm paraphrasing. If I were a follower or a people pleaser, a pleaser of men, then I would not be a follower of Christ. So what does that mean? Now, that doesn't mean that we play the victim mentality, right? That doesn't mean that we use our platform to, to spread things and say things about other believers or to say things that bring glory to ourselves instead of to Christ. Because you know what my Bible says? It says, think it not strange that some fiery trial has come upon you. So therefore, when you're persecuted, when you're talked about, when you're backstabbed, think it not strange, because those that follow Christ will be persecuted. The Bible says that in the world, you will have trouble. That is a guarantee. But take heart. If you're in Christ, you're an overcomer, which means that he has graced you with the ability to deal with those things, right? To come out on top because you're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Okay, we can go into all those great scriptures. But let's talk about the why. Let's talk about why things happen, that we know that if it's not God sent, it can be God used. Meaning that the, if the enemy brings it, God will use it and make it work for his good. 
See, here's the thing. I've been through sev several strippings, right? As I began to, um, my purpose began to unfold and as I began to walk with the Lord now, since 2000, right? I began to walk with the Lord and I began to not understand when things started to happen, when things began to manifest or when things happened. So as the more and more I walk with the Lord, the more and more I realize that there are so many things as people that we go through, right? And then there's so many things that God would allow us to miss, right? There's so many relationships that never came to anything because they had no purpose for your life. There's so many th people or so many forms of danger that God would allow us to even go in or sicknesses or diseases, right? And I can think of so many things that you'd be like, oh my gosh, God totally made me invisible to that evil, totally did this. But there's sometimes that things that will come into your life or things that would happen, right, that God will allow. And this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about the why God allows it. Not that God sends it because we know the enemy brings it, but God will allow him to bring it. Right? Why? Because there's nothing on this earth and under the earth and in heaven that is without God's eye. God's eye is on everything that happens. So we know that everything that comes to you, sometimes he'll let pass and sometimes he'll let it hit you. Why would he, why would that happen? Because it's not what happens to us, but it's how we respond to it, right? So let's talk about it because, you know, I know sometimes people just don't believe that it's God, you know, but my Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, it says here, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time and a season for everything. So it goes on to talk about a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal. Let's stop right there with a time to kill and a time to heal. There's sometimes when we are, and, and especially with leaders in the body of Christ, that we are held to a higher accountability and a higher standard. See, you know, as a leader, we have to sometimes give up our right to be right. Sometimes you have to just be okay with the fact that everybody's not going to like you. Sometimes you just have to be okay with the fact that we can't, um, um, even though things happen to us, you know, we're still overcomers and we're still victors in Christ Jesus. We're not victims. So we don't have to try to plead our case with everybody every time God give us a word to speak the unadulterated word of God. It's not about that. It's not about trying to clear your name because God said vengeance is mine. So it's not about every time we get in front of a camera, we have to try to say, well, you know, I'm always being attacked and you know, I'm always something always happening to me. And I understand, you know, that's the re that's not what it's about because if Jesus is going to be our example, if he's going to be our model for Christianity or for being a born again believer, then every time something happened to Jesus, if he's going to be the one we look at as an example, he didn't say, well, y'all know, y'all know they're getting ready to do this. And I know they've been talking about me over there. And I know they've been doing this. I know they don't really understand me. I know that's not what he did. He simply walked in his full authority and the conviction and the Holy Spirit and carried out the purpose and the plan of God. So if we look into him, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, we're not trying to justify and clear our name or every time God give us a word, a prophetic word, we're going to say, well, I know y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, I know, you know, this is why they treat me this way. That's not what this is about. 
This is, this is not that. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. You simply walk in your full conviction and your authority that God has given you. God is the judge. He is the vindicator. He is the redeemer. He is the one that gives the increase. He is the one that vindicates your name. You don't have to try to clear your name because I'm here to tell you, if you go on trying to clear your name, then you're going to be clearing it until Jesus come back. Period. You're going to be clearing it until he comes back. Why? Because Think it not strange that some fiery trial has come upon you. So therefore, when something happens to you, why do we act like it's happening for the first time? We know that this is a given, but guess what? We have authority over it and we walk in victory in spite of. And I'm speaking to myself as well because I have been through that Joseph moment. I have been thrown in the pit. I have been through those things. And I'm telling you, I would always, I see myself in these things because I would always come back and say, oh my God, can you believe what they did to me? Can you believe what they did to me? And I said this for years. I lost everything. I was stripped down. God took, he removed everything. I lost mama, daddy, and I gave this story before. I lost a job of 11 years. I lost my home. I lost my marriage. I, baby, it was taken. Mom, dad, two years later, mom, dad first, mom second. Then I filed for bankruptcy. Then I had a divorce. Then I lost my home. Then I lost my, you know, I lost everything. There was a stripping and then things weren't so great in the realm of when you have to rely on other people and then you really begin to see their heart huh, when you don't have anything to give them, right? But I realized as time went on, I would constantly say this, oh, they did me like this, they did this, and I, you know, I, got, I know I got a purpose. You know, it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. You'll say one thing, but then you'll come back and say, you know, but this is what they did to me. Until finally God got sick of it and he told me, I sent it. I put you through this. Why? Because the refiner's fire for your purpose and your destiny. So if you have a purpose and a destiny in God and depending on your calling and depending on the purpose and depending on the plan that God has for your life, trust and believe there is going to be a refiner's fire. And I tell people this and I know they don't like to hear it, but there are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God, baby. Ain't no shortcuts in the kingdom. No matter what your walk may look like, your walk may not look like my walk because I have a different calling and a different purpose. But rest assured, you're not going to get away unscathed because if God has to remold you and tear some things down to build you back up and to reduce some things and to tear down them old ideologies and mindsets and victim mentalities and the traumas and the pain that you went through is now a part of your personality. Those things have to be torn down and eradicated for God to be able to use you in the fullness. Now he can still use you in the process, but I'm talking about how we're being transformed into the image of Jesus. This is what it's all about. God's purpose is to transform you and to the image of Christ Jesus. So let's let's talk about it. So Joel 2 and 25, it says, it says, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. We like that part. The canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. But guess what? This is the part that people miss. My great army, which I sent among you. I'm gonna say that again. My great army, which I sent See, nobody wants to talk about that part. Just like no, nobody wants to talk about Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7, it says here. It talks about, let's see here. 
it talks about God's purpose is to bring us to spiritual maturity. Isaiah 45, 6 and 7. It talks about the calamity that which God sends. And I'm going to pull that up because I really want to read that. So Isaiah 45, 6 and 7. And I'm talking about this because for a lot of reasons, guys. A lot of reasons. Um, because a lot of times we don't realize that even though the enemy attack us as leaders, as people in the uh, believers in the body of Christ, even though that happens, we have to understand that it's allowed. Even though Satan may bring it, God allows it, right? That's why I say some things may pass you up, some things you may not endure, some things, but sometimes it's going to hit. It's going to hit. And why does God allow that? God allows it for several reasons. But we have to understand the why in order for us to get over ourselves and get over the pity party and get over the, you know, um, just all of the things that we say. Okay, so Isaiah 45, 6 and 7, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light and I create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So when God allows, what he'll, he'll do is he'll, he'll allow the enemy to come, but he'll use it to shape us and to form us. So therefore, what I'm, so what I'm saying here is if God allowed it, there's a purpose. Uh, I'll go back to Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. There's a purpose for everything. What happens to you is not more important than how you respond. So how you respond is, what, is, gonna, is an indicator of what's in you that God wants out of you. I'm going to say that again. What happens in you when something happens is an indicator of what God wants out of you. How you respond is going to let you know how mature you are in the things of God. So sometimes as leaders, we can, you know, we can think we are so right and can be oh so wrong. So the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end there is death. And that's Proverbs 14 and 12. It says, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end there is death, right? And why does God say this? Because sometimes you can think you're also right, baby, and you can be also wrong. I don't care what your title is. If somebody says, according to 1 John, okay? 1 John, God says this. 1 John, it says, Chap, uh, verse 1 and First um, John 1 and 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. But verse 8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all of our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. Here's verse 10 though. But if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word is not in us. And sometimes as leaders, we can, and I'm speaking for myself, we can be so like walking that straight and narrow to the point where we start walking in legalism. We start walking in perfectionism. We start walking, well, I've never did this in 10 years. Oh, I've never done this. Oh, I've never and these are the things that God is highlighting to us. Because the Bible says if we say we are without sin, we are lying and we're deceiving ourselves. There's nothing we do every day that is so perfect and holy. In fact, the Bible says our righteous acts are as filthy rags. So 
The only thing that God sees, guys, when we stand in the presence of a holy God is the blood of Yeshua, is the blood of Jesus. That is the only thing he sees. It's not your good works. It's not your popularity. It's not how many followers you have on YouTube. It's not your, um, your, your good works like you gave somebody something or you said something nice and polite and kind. You let somebody in in traffic or I'm always being nice to people. Bump that. Those are good fruit traits to have. But when you stand in the presence of a holy God, what he sees is the blood of his son. That's what he sees. He doesn't see the goodness that you've done, right? Now, don't get me wrong. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He rewards you for your obedience. I'm not saying he doesn't. But I'm saying that if you think it's by works, it's, you're sadly mistaken. The Bible says, not by works, lest any man should boast. That means you're not able to boast in anything. I'm not able to say I haven't made a mistake for 10 years. I've been walking with the Lord for 20 some years and I ain't never said this. And I said maybe something one time I said wrong was this. The devil is a liar. That is pride. I cut that down right now in the name of Jesus. We have to remember humility will always be the cold in the kingdom of God. The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit. So it's not about us saying everything right and doing everything right. You don't think God sees everything and he hears and knows all. He's omnipresent. So therefore, what I'm saying is it's by his grace it's not that I've done everything right or I'm able to give. You can't do anything good without the grace of God. And that even means even people that don't know him that do nice things. This is still God's grace. It's still his grace. It's still his goodness. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. So it's not by works lest any man should boast. So then when we talk about um, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, there's death. We have to be very careful because we can think we are also right, baby, and we can be also wrong, baby, and be on our way to a, a, a path of destruction. And then I'm going to go on to say, even in Proverbs 28, 13, it says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But get this, but God always has a but, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So when you conceal your sin, you won't prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces finds mercy. My Bible says all of the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. But humility comes before honor and pride comes before destruction. So I'm saying all of this to say God's original purpose for every believer especially the leaders that he has called to speak the oracles of God and to minister on his behalf. We have to understand something as leaders. We, people do not belong to us. They belong to Jesus. Our children don't belong to us. Our money don't belong to us. Our homes don't belong to us and our cars don't belong to us and everything on this earth. We're just mere stewards of it. And so what we need to understand is it is not our channel it is not our followers. People that follow us on YouTube belong to God. They don't belong to us. And a lot of times as leaders, we can fall into this pit. And I've seen leaders fall into this pit, this thing where they have so much influence over people and they're so used to people being obedient to them because they want to obey God, right? And obey those in authority over them. They start to feel like the people belong to them. 
And they start to get into this place where they, instead of um, honoring God through spoiling their people, loving on people, not saying that people are without rebuke or correction, because I'm not, I'm going to go there in a minute, but I'm saying that you have to be careful that you don't fall into a place of pride, that you don't fall into a place of judgment because you are thinking that because I'm the leader, it must be right. Or because I'm the leader, they have to follow me or I'm doing something. I'm doing it all right all the time. And that's so far from the truth. Again, the sacrifice is a God, uh, broken and contrite spirit. You have to stay broken. And I'm not talking about crying, tears, because somebody has mistreated you. That ain't what I'm talking about. That ain't, that ain't broken. That's, that's, that's a false humility. I'm talking about staying broken before God, saying, Lord, even if I got to give up my right to be right, just to glorify your name, I will do it. It means that you are my vindicator, that you are the one that's going to redeem the time, that you are the one that's going to um, do, you know, deal with people in your own time, that that's not my place. People don't belong to me. They belong to you. And I heard this uh, general in the faith. I heard this man say, and I thought it was very profound. He said, the highest form of treason, he told, he said that Jesus said this to him. The highest form of treason, treason in the body of Christ with leaders is, I'm going to say this, is for a man to take the platform and gifts God has given them or her and use it to bring people to themselves instead of to Christ. I'm going to say that again. The highest form of treason is what he said Jesus said to him. It's for people, it's for man or woman who God has given a platform to, to take the gifts and the platform that God has given them and use it to bring people to themselves and not to Jesus. So you have to be very careful that you're not using your platform to bring people to you. Oh, look, see, I'm right. See, he was wrong. I'm right. See, I believe this and he believe what, what he believe is wrong. What he, I believe is right. What he believes wrong. Do you see that in any of Jesus' ministry when he walked? Because he is our example. I'm going back to him. Do you see him doing that to people? Do you see the apostles doing it? Oh, look, I'm wrong. He right. I'm wrong. He right. But Jesus more importantly, because even them apostles kind of got, you know, you know, in the New Testament, but God puts even that in the word for a reason. There's a reason why God gives us these scenarios of people's lives and what they did and what they went through and of David who committed adultery and of Moses who disobeyed God and of uh, Saul who disobeyed God. There's a reason for this. Because God wants the people of God to know in the body of Christ that they are not Jesus. These leaders who God put in place are flawed individuals. And we have to stay, keep our eyes fixed, focused, and locked on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we can't get so caught up in titles and people that we miss God. And as a believer and a leader of the people of God, we can't get so caught up in the situations and in the attacks that we make it about ourselves, that we have these pity parties and we make it about ourselves and we try to prove ourselves to people. God says, we don't need to prove ourselves to anyone. If people want to think however they want to think, let them think it. God is your vindicator. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not accolades from the people, like from your audience. 
That's not what God is asking you to do, to see that everybody see I'm right. Everybody see I never made a mistake in 10 years. Everybody see I'm going to criticize this person. I'm going to show you their flaws. I'm going to use my channel to point out people's flaws and the point. Now, there are different and unique gifts and unique channels that God will give us to minister. But always know that that channel should be producing fruit. It should be glorifying Jesus. And if it's not lining up with the word of God, then it's not God. I don't care who saying it and what their title is. It's not God. When it's confusion, when there's discord, when there's strife, when there's envy, jealousy, when there's um, confusion, God is not the author of confusion. I don't care who's saying it. If it's stirring up strife, you need deliverance. Deliverance don't stop with the people. In fact, I say leaders need to be the first people in line to be delivered. And let me just say this because God had me to write this down. Deliverance is the children's bread. That means that if you're a child of God, no matter what your title is, deliverance is an ongoing thing. It's not because I've made pastor or deliverance minister or apostle or prophet that I stopped being delivered. And deliverance comes in many forms. Deliverance can come in the form of self-discipline. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. A lot of your warfare comes because of the confusion and the words out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A lot of our warfare comes from things that we say. So when the warfare starts, it's like you created your own storm and then you got mad when it rained. Self-discipline is one of the fruits of the spirit. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. So sometimes your deliverance can just come in the form of a simple, gentle answer towards somebody. How many people have you know have died in road rage or have died on the road because they have gotten to arguments on the road and as a result, something bad happened when they could have just kept their mouth shut? The Bible says when Jesus was on the um, Calvary and he was carrying that cross, he opened not his mouth. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Self-discipline is one of the forms of deliverance. Another form of deliverance is repentance. The depth of your repentance is the depth of your deliverance. Some things cannot be cast out. It has to be repented out. Okay? So repentance is key. And repentance is, uh, you cannot have repentance without humility. It takes humility to repent. And I'm not talking about that stuff we do because people are looking at us. And then after we turn the camera off, we go and talk about talk to our wives and our children and our uh, pastor friends and our deliverance friends. And we go talk to all them about, look, see, I was right. And he stirred up all this confusion. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about true repentance where you take it to the feet of the cross and you leave it there. And I'm telling you because I'm speaking from my own life where I have done this and picked it back up and picked it back up. And until I became broken and, and, and with godly sorrow, repenting, then that thing was broken. Another form of deliverance is obedience. Obedience to the word of God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. But guess what? Jesus got to be lifted up. We're not drawing people to ourselves. We're drawing people to Christ. So if we continue to lift him up, he will draw all men unto him, not to ourselves. Remember that treason I just talked about? Bringing people to us and not to Jesus. We're forgetting what it's all about. You know, this, this thing with YouTube, this thing with social media, let me tell you something. If Jesus is not the focal point, 
If it's about followers, if it's about people taking your side, if it's about all this stuff, because I'm going to tell you something, your leader's responsibility as a leader to, is to point people back to Jesus. Always, always. So if you hear people saying, yeah, you was right about this. Yeah, I, I feel you. And I'm not talking about saying, amen, hallelujah. I agree. I agree with God. I'm talking about the people who agreeing with this person because they like the personality because they clicked up. The kingdom of God is not a click. And let me just say this. We can have our opinions in the, uh, uh, we can have our opinions, right? But there's only one truth. So I can have an opinion about the Trinity. I can have an opinion of what I think it's about. But I promise you, it's only one truth. God is not the author of confusion. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God are always on one accord. You would never hear them saying something separately from the other. So when you have this body of believers over here that believe this about the Trinity, you have this body of believers that believe that about this and about this, there's only one truth, guys. Our opinions is just what it is. The truth is what matters. And we need to seek truth. Not what we think we believe. We need to seek truth. And I can guarantee you that when you seek truth, God will show it to you. Because the Bible says that those that search for me with all of their heart and soul will find me. And then another form of deliverance comes with casting out demons. That's my mantle. Deliverance. Live free podcast. Casting out. Sometimes things have to be cast out. Sometimes things have to be, God will give you a strategy to cast something out or he will shed some light on some things that you ordinarily didn't know. I'm here to tell you when it comes to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, everything you know is in all there is to know. Everything you think you know is in all there is to know. And in fact, it's impossible to teach somebody something that they think they already know. So when we come before God about certain issues and certain situations and certain things in the Bible that we're asking about, we have to forget everything we think we know. We have to, he has to tear down those ideologies, all of those traditions the rituals and all those things that made up, made us as a, an adult, right? So sometimes those things have to be torn down. And then I'm going to say this, sometimes you can't even see the revelation until you've been delivered. Because some people, even with the gift of speaking in tongues, even with the gift of speaking in tongues, they, they can't get the gift. Why? Sometimes because there's a spirit of religion that needs to be cast out first. There's a spirit of witchcraft that needs to be cast out first. There's some demonic altars and covenants that they have locked up with that needs to be cast out first. There are some childhood traumas. And then God can come in because something is taking uh, space where God needs to be, right? So we can think we know something. And be also wrong, guys. We are not perfect. No leader is perfect. We have not arrived. We are not perfectionist. Jesus said it's by grace that we are saved. And the minute you step off that threshing floor of grace and you're entering to that threshing floor, I did it. I'm telling you, I lived it. I did it. And step on that floor of legalism. You have to be very careful because you begin to go in an error. And under the law, again, and we're under the spirit of grace. Now, what does grace mean? Grace is not a license to sin, not a license to sin, but it's the empowerment that rests on you, that gives you the, the empowerment to live for him, to not want to do the things or say the things that you urgently want to post really fast and make a video about. So when the grace of God rests on you, because I can assure you, God has shown me a lot of things about people, popular prophets, popular apostles, 
popular people in dreams. I've had, you know, dreams about YouTubers that have platforms, but I'm not at liberty to say that. I'm at liberty to pray about it. That's where he has me right now. Now, I'm not saying that he won't tell you to do a video. I'm not saying that. So don't box me in. But I am saying that there's a time and a place and a season for everything. And that at the appointed time, God will bring it to pass or he will have you say it. And guess what? Love will always be the motivation. With loving kindness do I draw thee. Love is always the motivation. And until we can truly understand the love of God and how he really feels about people. And I tell this, I say this all the time. If you want to know how God feel about people, look at the cross. He died for them. He went through shame, spitting, torment, and horrible torture. That's how he feel about people. So everybody you lay eyes on matter to God, whether you like them or not, whether you agree with them or not, whether they are saved or not. You have to love them. That's the fulfillment. Love God and love people. And as leaders, we're held to a higher accountability and a higher standard. And so we have to know that humility, obedience, forgiveness, and love will always be the code in the kingdom of God. And if you think that the leaders are perfect, then you will have missed it completely. I'm talking about those that follow these leaders. We have to know that Jesus is our example and to keep our eyes on him. He is the one that make all things new. He's the one that's going to give you the revelation. He is the one that's going to, to be the one that you need to be searching out for and looking for. Not man. We are flawed. Not to say that's an excuse to sin because we don't habitually sin, but we do miss it. I'm going to say it again. We do miss it. People don't belong to us, guys. They belong to Jesus. And he said, if he be lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself, not to you. That is the word for today. I love you all dearly. And I come in the obedience of the Holy Spirit. But I come most importantly because the body of Christ needs unity. They need togetherness. They need to see love. They need the humility. That's what's going to draw people to Christ. The humility, the love, the forgiveness, and the obedience to his word. And until the next time, like, comment, share, and subscribe. I will see you guys in the next video. Bye, loves.